0: Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the back story, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning.
1: Hey, 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 welcome back to the Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning. Of course, Man, I feel like you know, I don't know if you've just found this show recently, maybe you're a first time listener or you've been with me since the beginning, but we are a few hundred shows in so far to celebrate our third year anniversary, very exciting times. And, you know, I've been branching out a little bit and I want to know how you feel about that. Hopefully you're liking this. I've always, you know, this show, The Driven Entrepreneur, always started with the idea of all things in an entrepreneur's life. What's going to bless you, build you up and help to make you and your business stronger. This isn't just about you know business tactics, right? We've done entrepreneur burnout and relationships and health. We've done sales, uh, persuasion, influence, startup stories, all sorts of different things. And today, um, I want we're going to tackle a subject that I've done maybe once ever in the past in the archives, and it's something very near and dear to my heart, and that's the space of addiction recovery, and I wouldn't say it's just in the business owner sense, but as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I think there's a different level of stress that can potentially hit us and our families, um, our time. There's so much to it. So with me today is uh, someone I'm very, very proud to call a friend, actually a client as well. Um, so, so proud of what she's done with her amazing podcast called Juggling the Chaos of Recovery. Uh, my guest this week is Moira Gorski. She's a podcaster, a wellness expor, uh, expert, and a business mentor. She's also a retired RN and wellness advocate. Uh, she supports women in mind, body, and spirit, helping them find their voice, take care of themselves. And I love... You know, during 21 years, she's built a wellness business that generates over a million and a half dollars per year. Um, among the products she represents, many of these products are used by Olympic athletes um, on Jacques Cousteau missions. That's cool. And even in the White House. Uh, Moira's sharing a message of hope and health through her podcast, Juggling the Chaos of Recovery. Uh, Both mother and daughter, they've both fought eating disorders, and they share candidly what this experience has been about on that podcast. So I'm excited to uh, welcome her. Are you here? How are you, Moira?
0: I am here. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. It's it's, it's a thrill. And um, yeah, thank you for that wonderful introduction.
1: Are you kidding me? It's my thrill. (laughs) So we we met a, a year or two ago, maybe somewhere in that range. When you mm-hmm. were coming up with the idea of launching a show, and um, tell tell us a quick story of how how this show came to be, actually how how the idea came about and how our paths crossed.
0: Yeah, I was at a you know networking event that um, a group that I was a part of, and you were there as a guest speaker and all of your awesomeness, and um, talked about you know podcasting and how that can be a great thing. And honestly, probably a few months prior to that, I had started to. Just get a sense that I mean, I've been pretty open about my daughter's struggle with her eating disorder and my struggle in being the mother there. And I just kept hearing, you know, you need to talk more, you need to share more. And so as I heard from you the idea of podcasting, I got to think, well, maybe that's something that I could do is to to give light to really the, the place that I sit in as a mother of you know, somebody that's recovered from an eating disorder and know what that's all about, but then a mother sitting in a space watching their loved one struggle. And, you know, the impact of that, the stress of that, and um, and just my journey through it. And as I've met other people, there's everybody has a story. And there are so many wonderful stories of recovery and overcoming and things like that. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll share my story. Maybe I could share my story, my journey and share others' people's story to provide this place of hope, where people could listen, moms could listen, caregivers, maybe, you know, people that are struggling with their addictions, and just listen to those stories of hope. And and so you sparked that on, and we got connected, and um, you helped me launch, and here I am a year and a half later. uh, Pretty amazing.
1: You just passed the 100-episode mark a little while back. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. You know, the word you just said, um, I want to kind of hit on that for a minute, is we're talking about addictions or different disorders and what you walk through, especially you and your daughter. But then you mentioned hope, and uh, man, that's a big word for me. Um, I find, and and I've had this in my life, and I've shared bits and pieces in in past episodes uh, talking about my own life, but, you know, I'm in high school, I you know, I'm, I'm... using drugs, I'm I'm drinking alcohol, I'm going down a really, kind of really bad choices, you know, partially just being a dumb teenager, but also, you know, it it was getting worse. And my parents are freaked out for me. And, and the truth is, I wasn't, I wasn't strained too far from my dad's path, you know, Um, what he was like early on. And even when I was a young kid, and then, and then my dad got Uh, clean and and I'm still you know kind of doing that same thing my brother's still doing that and and so we have this family dynamic that it was really challenging for us um, because how you know how as a dad how do you look at your son and say hey don't do the thing that I was just doing it becomes a it's it's something difficult to wrestle with and you know I think my parents did really well with that and I came out the other end okay but, what was that like for you, you and your daughter? Can you talk about what the eating disorders are? Did you and your daughter go down the same path, or was it similar? Walk us through what that's like as a parent, um, re- you know, wrestling with your own challenge and then watching your daughter um, have that same problem?
0: Yeah, I think it's um it's it's very interesting. I've learned through the people that I've spoken with and given voice to that there are the gen- these generational patterns that continue to repeat themselves. And it can look you know, in the form of addictions and disorders and things like that. Both my daughter and I have struggled with anorexia. So it is the same um, eating disorder. Um, and she continues to be on her journey. And I know that there will be a, I hold out that hope that there will be a time that she will share her story of full recovery on my podcast and out to the world. Um, but you know, Matt, as I, you know, I struggled back in college and, um, and my daughter started struggling about seven years ago. And you know, when your past is seemingly repeating itself in front of your face, I mean, that's a pain that i have never felt before. And this just kind of like realization, like what? Like, how could that, you know, how could that be happening? And, um, and there's, I know I experienced quite a bit of guilt. I mean, they talk about a genetic component to eating disorders. So I got to thinking, okay, well, what does that mean? That it's all my fault? I mean, and that's just and that's isn't, that such
1: a, isn't that such a mother guilt, mom guilt thing to think, right? Oh, like consciously, you, you know, logically, you probably know. It's like, well, no, that's not my fault. It's like genes. But then that's the first thing. I, you know, I think my wife sitting on the couch, I'm sure she could have the exact same thought. It's like, oh, something got passed down the genes. That's my fault. I did this mm-hmm. to our son. It's like, no, you didn't.
0: Right, right. Because people have said to me, well, not all of your children have eating disorders. (laughs) So you didn't, you know, you didn't, there's so many components that um, come into play when people start struggling with addictions, disorders, and, you know, things, you know, things like that. So, but it it is, it is difficult. um, uh, Again, when you see your past kind of like it's happening right in front of your face, and um, you feel a little helpless
1: how how difficult is it or have you found a way to to either balance or just to be okay with you know there, there's things that you've learned through your experience through your time right and it's you know taking you you know maybe i don't know if if it took longer than how long like how old? i'm trying to say this, this is coming out terrible how old your daughter is now and what she's currently walking through versus where you were at her age did it take you longer? Like were you older than she is now when you started really getting a, getting a hold of this and, and walking that road of recovery? A, and then if, if that's the case, how do you work out kind of not trying to quote unquote fix her like, hey, you know, be okay now because I'm in recovery and you need to be the same place I am because I love you. And h- how, do you, how do you balance not fixing someone you love?
0: Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I and you know it was interesting because people, as I started to share my story of my struggle, you know, even one of my other children said, "Well, we didn't know you had an eating disorder." And I said, "You know, I was recovered, and I didn't feel like there was um, a purpose to really share that." But again, as my daughter started to struggle, other friends' daughters struggled. I shared that because I could could understand where they were at and also share that hope that there is hope on the other side. But I know that there were several years that I didn't do it the right way. And I'm still not necessarily probably doing it the right way. But of that, like I've just what you said, like I've said that so many times, like, hey, I understand and I've recovered. And so you can recover and let's be positive and let's do all this. And I'm here to help you. And the fact of the matter is, Matt, it's her journey. And I learned from a support group. Um, and that's one thing that I want to make sure that people hear is that I started to find ways to support myself. And people told me that other moms in other programs, when I were sitting with their daughters while I was sitting with my daughter, they started to share with me. And one of them said specifically, you know, what helped me is that I needed to get off the roller coaster. This. Is, her, I mean, this is a roller coaster of like, wow, things are better. Things are great. She's recovering. Wow, there's the relapse. And then it's up and down like this roller coaster. And not that we step away, like step off the roller coaster and step away and don't support our child but needed to get off of that up and down and having those strong expectations and holding on so tight. And, um, and I really started, I was so thankful that she said that to me. And then she said, I started, I went and got a therapist myself and we started to learn so much about the dis- disorder. You know her dad and I, because we didn't know enough about. So And even yeah, having walked plenty- through it
1: on your own, you still, because you only needed to learn what you needed to learn. And what you're right. describing sounds to me, it's like in the alcoholic world, it's like when you have a family member and you're walking through it yourself, it's like you're going to the AA meetings and the Al-Anon meetings, and <laughs> you, right? right? It's like you have these different hats and none of them are that fun.
0: <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. But Yeah. I, I, somebody had suggested, well, why don't you go to Al-Anon? I'm like, Al-Anon? My daughter doesn't drink, but you know, it's the same, it's the same type of thing. Again, it's, you know, and some people may not necessarily agree with it because there are, there are um, differing views on this, but in the support groups and who they support and things like that. But the fact is, you know, when we're, when we're feeling out of control in our lives, a lot of times the addictions begin, the struggles begin when we try to hold on to control And we can control our eating or we can control our drinking or things like that. Or we start to numb ourselves out with things. And again, these Al-Anon meetings are so supportive for those that sit in the place that I'm in. And perhaps, you know, your dad was in to watch their child struggle. There you uh, go.
1: I mean I remember how being you a can... kid and and you know my dad going to 12-step meetings and as a kid I like I went with him sometimes you know I, I don't remember why or how but I went and um and then later on as I'm 17 18 years old now I'm going on my own um it, it was interesting because you know I think I think back now right as as a father myself if my dad judged how well of a parenting job he did or how much this was rubbing off on me quote-unquote right like hey don't make the mistakes I made kind of a deal if he judged them on the present moment well when I was 10 I was like I'll never do a drug and then when I was 15 it was like give me all of them and then at 20 all of a sudden you know or 22 I'm start my first business and I'm sober and I, I think about as a father when is the right time to judge your leadership? When is the right time to judge the results of who your child is becoming? I don't know that there's a right time, but I know certainly it's not whatever they're doing right now, Mm -hmm. because it's not always who they're going to be, right?
0: Right. And it's, I mean, I have four children and yes, my daughter has a, you know, life threatening mental health disorder, but you know, my other children have gone through struggles too. And it's just hard to, it's hard sometimes to be a parent. I love being a parent, but Being able to, you know, as the kids grow up, it's like they get into these bigger problems. And again, trying to not do the same thing, like hold on so tight, say, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. You know, we have to let them go and experience the good things and the bad things and make the mistakes and learn from that. And boy, that's really hard (laughs) to do as a parent, because I was raised in a very conservative household where we pretty much just followed along with what my parents said and, I think that's I know that's part of the struggle that I had when I went off to college and I was away from that, you know, strong hand of like, this is what you have to do. And I was having a hard time just making decisions for myself. And I started to struggle and I didn't have a close relationship with my mother that I could reach out to her and say, Mom, I'm going through this, like, can you help me? And that's when my struggle started. So I I want
1: to go back to something you were saying earlier, you you mentioned the control piece and I want to actually bring this around. Um, I know you guys are just waiting for this. How does this relate to my business? I think this is exactly how it relates. Um, As an entrepreneur and as someone who has been in recovery myself, I watch, and whether it's a drug or alcohol or an eating disorder or, or a sex compulsion or food or pornography or sugar or, you know, you name it, right? What They all have that thing in common, don't they? That thing is, is you talked about control, and I find today, 41 years old this year, and as I'm sitting on the couch or working at my desk, um, the times when I want to, like, veg out or I want to you know again maybe now it's more like I want to go play a video game or I want to blank out on TV or I want to have you know an evening cocktail or I don't whatever the thing is it's almost always when I'm up against something I'm overwhelmed I don't know what the next steps are Um, when I feel overwhelmed when I feel like I can't control something can you speak to that a bit and you know what advice do you have for someone when when I'm feeling that when maybe I'm Maybe I'm catching myself. What do I do? It's like okay, I, I'm in the middle of my taxes, and I know I can't control it, and I don't know what the president's gonna do, and I don't know what you know all these deadlines and dates and whatever. It's confusing to me. How do I not go off the rails, right? When when I'm having that that overwhelm, that lack of control, uh, fear, even right at the extreme. How do I not go off the rails and and head into a negative or behavior?
0: It's a good um, it's a good conversation to have and. Because it can be, again, in life or in business, and I lead a team of entrepreneurs too, and I can't control what they do all the time. So I, I, I get that feeling. You know, what I found and what I recommend for people is to find, we talk about find things that you can put in your tool belt that you can grab onto at a time like that. Maybe it's um, doing a meditation, maybe it's going for a walk, maybe it's sitting with your dog, maybe it's pulling out a journal and writing your feelings down in that journal and trying to get those thoughts out of your head. Um, Maybe it's, you know, going to work out or maybe it's taking a nap. I mean, things like that, that you can kind of pull yourself out of that state of like, like you said, overwhelm fear. and and pick something. Again, pick something out of your tool belt, if you will, that's gonna to help to bring you back to the present moment and help calm you down or help you just, again, just get out of that spinning that perhaps could be starting. Um, That's, you know, again, that can be in life, but certainly in business, Um, just finding things. And I certainly have found that along this journey, many people know about the miracle morning or your morning routine. And that has become a huge part of what's helped me is having that morning routine. And do you follow
1: that's how Elrod you're talking about the miracle morning? Is that right? Right. Do you right. follow yep. that or have you made your own custom morning routine? Talk to us about your morning routine. I'd love to hear this.
0: Yeah, I kind of have made my own. I've 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 read that book and I've heard other people's, but really what mine is um, composed of is, well, when I wake up, I get up. <laughs> that was one thing that I learned from Mel Robbins. And there's all kinds of science behind how we shouldn't push the snooze button and go back to sleep and and all that. But she said, when you wake up, get up. And even this morning, I woke up at like at out of five for some reason. And I got up and I go to either now I go outside because it's beautiful in the morning, but I, or I go to my spot and I have uh, certain books that I read. Some of them are those 12 step Al-Anon books. Some of them are just other inspirational, like devotional type of books. I do a little bit of reading. I do some journaling. Um, I do some praying and um, I have my cup of tea. So I get some hydration in there and that's really that's my morning routine and then it usually goes to you know some type of exercise or even if it's just walking the dog um and then making sure that i start my day you know with good nutrition hey don't really don't don't
1: knock the walk in the dog man my my little wiener dog hudson or our (laughs) little wiener dog hudson uh, he he's two years old now and he's transformed my life because he whines incessantly if he doesn't get enough walks (laughs) And we don't have a fenced in backyard so all of a sudden my wife and i start taking him for walks but you know what happened where is all of a sudden i find myself i was you know i would take him in the you know she'd take him in the morning but then in the afternoon or evening i'd take him for a walk and i started getting i started counting steps as a as an idea something to hold on to so i always hit ten thousand every day no matter what and i didn't start there but i'm really proud that i'm there because it's about five miles a day And because of the dog, he's the one who actually got me up and out and off the couch. And especially during the pandemic, you know, all of a sudden I'm going for a two, three mile walk with the dog. And it's like, you know, it's so important that it seems so silly. It's like, oh, you can just do that anyway. Yeah, but I didn't. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I know what good habits to do, but I'm not doing them. Um, Maybe we've heard. Yeah, you should read, but I'm not. How did you, did you have to work on getting up when you wake up, get up? I've never heard that actually. And I love it. Um, And I'm, I don't want to be a snooze guy, but I seem like I have been a snooze guy. Is that something you had to work on? Or did you just have this epiphany, this revelation one day? And you're like, oh, when I wake up, get up and the next day, you just did it.
0: Well, no, but that's that's what Mel Robbins had. And when you look into Mel Robbins and read her book or listen to her TED Talk, that's what she had is this epiphany. Um, and I, I tell people I am not, I am certainly not a perfectionist. So once I start something, and I even share this with you as I was contemplating starting a podcast, I was worried that I'd do it for a couple of months and then I'd forget about it. Sure. Um, so I'm not, you know, it's not every morning. But it's one of those things that I found such value in it that I do. You know, I may take a couple of days off, if you will, from meditating or praying. But then I get right back on it. Yeah. And um, because, again, I I understand the value of that. And so and even this morning, after I did all my things, I I hooked up my dog and we went for a walk through the park, too. So what's one of the biggest uh,
1: benefits that you've gotten from finding little habits like that for the morning?
0: Well, I think what I find is that it's not just the morning that it, when I do those things in the morning, it helps to translate into those other times. Just like you said, when you're getting stressed out about your taxes or there's somebody on the phone, like I can I can kind of go back to those, that meditation and that quiet, that breath work that I've done in yoga. And it translates to how, you know, I can, how I can rely on those in the rest of my life. So even though it's just a morning thing, it really helps me get throughout the day. Throughout the day, I mean, would because it be fair the- to
1: say, like, like when you're, um, when you're having great mornings and you're wake up and get up and you're moving, you're meditating, you're reading all that. If later in the day you're facing things you can't control, you're facing something difficult, have you noticed the pattern? Like, do you handle those things better, differently? What attitudes do you start taking on, kind of during the day? when you're in control, right? When you're intending your day, creating your day versus reacting to it.
0: Right? It's it's the day goes so much better. I mean, my my mood is better, my again, I have positive intentions for the day and you know, the way that you do one thing is the way that you do everything. So when I show up and I take care of myself, I mean it just translates to again, the day going better. And it's not being so difficult to handle because I made sure I took care of myself in the morning.
1: Loving that. Hey, Moira, so tell us, uh, we, we heard about why the podcast got started. Um, Juggling the Chaos Recovery is the name of the show. What w- what are some of your favorite, I don't know, either conversations that have been going on with it? Um, plug it a little bit for us. Tell us, you know, I know you, you can get the show, it's Juggling the Chaos Recovery with Moira Gorski. It's G-O-R-S-K-I. Um, just get that wherever you get podcasts, you're on every on-demand platform. Um, Tell us a little bit of kind of what are we expecting to really get, uh, especially in recent episodes. I know when when I launched this show, it's certainly changed the dynamic over time. If you went back to the first 10 episodes, you know, episode 250, it's a whole different ballgame. Tell us about what some of what, what are some of the most interesting changes in recent episodes that you've had or some interesting conversations or even something you didn't expect now that you're 100 shows in.
0: Yeah, I um. Yeah, it has been an interesting journey. And in the beginning, I did—I do have a few episodes that I talk about my morning routine. So you can find that in the beginning. And um, I talked about, um, you know, what I did start throughout the year too is um, a wellness spot because I do have, you know, I'm a retired nurse and I have quite a bit of um, experience in the wellness industry. So I have a couple of episodes where I've interviewed, I've been able to interview Olympic athletes. And those have been pretty exciting to the talk about how they, you know, um, because some of them have struggled with, you know, addictions and things like that. Um, I have had, again, some amazing conversations with um, one of my, I guess one of my favorites and certainly impactful for me is a, um, a mother and son who have written a book, they've overcome addictions and um, drug use and certainly lucky to be alive. But their book that they wrote was pretty incredible. And their journey has been great. And, um, you know, I, I loved being able to interview the two of them because there was a mother, and there was a son, you know, and so I was able to ask the mother, like, how did you again, how did you handle when your son was struggling and you, you know, you had gotten sober and things like that. And then I heard from that son, I mean, she talked about faith and how, you know, this, these eating disorders are, are are the work of the devil, you know, addictions are work of the devil. They're not the work of a God that we know and, um, and believe in, and the faith is what got her through. That was so helpful for me. And I know so many, For others that are listening. And then that son sat in that spot that said, You know what? I love my mom. And it didn't matter how hard she tried. Like until I was ready to recover, I wasn't going to step into that recovery center. I wasn't going to commit. I mean, those were strong words and really things that I needed, you know, I needed to hear. I have wonderful episodes about yoga, the power of yoga and being present. Those are some of my favorites. Well, I'm certainly and, uh, loving
1: it I, I think the show is incredible you are incredible um, Moira, as as we wind down here um, what is the best way to to connect with you I know you got kind of a, a rabid listener base so whether you're listening to this live on the air or you're getting this on demand check out the show notes you'll of course see all the social but what's the best way to contact you uh, plug your stuff Moira
0: yeah well again I thank you for plugging the podcast again it has been a journey and I love it and I know it will continue so you again juggling the chaos of recovery you can certainly find me on social I'm on all the platforms of Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and whatnot. I am on Clubhouse. I found some amazing guests on Clubhouse. Too. Whoa! Um, yeah, have you been on Clubhouse? We oh, haven't talked heck about yeah. Clubhouse. Yeah.
1: Clubhouse and good for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's be a be a guest, host a guest. You know, rooms in Clubhouse. So I've connected with people like across the pond. I interviewed an awesome guy from Ireland. I just was interviewed by a gal f- guy from Scotland. I mean, really cool connections across across the globe. Hey, um, and I'll bet
1: if you have a story, if you're listening, you have a story, uh, especially a family story of walking through, uh, the, <laughs> juggling the cast of recovery, go find Moira on Clubhouse or on social and maybe you'll be on the show too. Um, that's again it's spelled M-O-Y-R-A. Moira Gorski is G-O-R-S-K-I. We'll have the links in the show notes. Go on demand and grab the show. Even if you're listening to this live, just go find it on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, whatever, and you'll see it in the show notes. So you can just hit the little hyperlink and go right to her. Moira, you've been awesome. Um, I wish we had more time together, but that's the show for today. Thank you for coming on. You uh you rock. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, I sure appreciate you.
0: I really appreciate Matt and uh, really being able to connect with you and again, share and just have a conversation. This is what I love to do. And thank you for saying that if you, I love to share people's stories. So I'd love for others to connect with me so that I can share your story of hope and recovery. And we can just have a conversation like we had today.
1: That's it. Sharing the story of hope and recovery. Hey, my thanks to Moira Gorski, my guest today. Um, That's the Driven Entrepreneur, locked and loaded for this week. Hey, get out there and stay driven. You know, that's, I think that's my, maybe new tagline. It's been my new tagline for a year and a half, but stay driven. Keep doing what you're doing. Okay. Don't let your foot off the gas. Don't do it. Stay focused keep moving forward. And even if you're facing, uh, feeling out of control, feeling fear, uh, addictive behavior patterns, listen, when you wake up, get up. That's what Moira said. So when you wake up, get up. And when you realize that you're going down a bad path, stop, turn around and focus on what's important. Focus on you, your enterprise, your family, focus on what's important. Love you guys. I'll see you next week with another driven entrepreneur. Bye-bye.